नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय सरस्वती ज्ञान कल्ले यथासथी सरस्वती भोजेन्द्र गे हेग्निशिते सिखे परुधा सरस्वती ज्ञान खले यथा साथी सदैव की सर्वजकन निवासा निवास भूथा निथरम नरेजे भोजेन्द्र गे हेग्निशिखे परुधा सरस्वती ज्ञान कल्ले यथासथी
Rodrigues. That Devaki Devi Saravajagat Nivas of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Sustainer of all the Universes, Matsdani Saravabhutani Nivasabhuta the womb of Devaki has now become the residence. Nitaram extensively. Na not. Reje became illuminated. Bhojendra Gehe within the limits of the house of Kamsa. Agni Sikha Eva like the flames of a fire Rudha covered Saraswati knowledge Gyanakale in a person known as Gyanakala one who possesses knowledge but cannot distribute it. Yatha, or just as, Sati, so being. Devaki then kept within herself the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the cause of all causes, the foundation of the entire cosmos, But because she was under arrest in the house of Kamsa, she was like the flames of a fire covered by the walls of a pot, or like a person who has knowledge but cannot distribute it to the world for the benefit of human society. Purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. In this verse, the word jnana kala is most significant. Knowledge is meant for distribution. Although there is already much scientific knowledge, 
Whenever scientists or philosophers awaken to a particular type of knowledge, they try to distribute it throughout the world. For otherwise, the knowledge gradually dries up and no one benefits from it. India has the knowledge of Bhagavad Gita, but unfortunately, for some reason or other, this sublime knowledge of the science of God was not distributed throughout the world. Although it is meant for all human society, Therefore, Krishna himself appeared as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and ordered all Indians to take up the cause of distributing the knowledge of Bhagavad Gita throughout the entire world. Yari Deka Thari Kaha Krishna Upadesh Amar Agyai Guru Hai Thari Desh instruct everyone to follow the orders of Lord Sri Krishna as they are given in Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. In this way, become a spiritual master and try to liberate everyone in this land. Although India has the sublime knowledge of Bhagavad Gita, Indians have not done their proper duty of distributing it. Now, therefore, the Krishna Consciousness Movement has been set up to distribute this knowledge as it is, without distortion. Although previously there were attempts to distribute the knowledge of Bhagavad Gita's, these attempts involved distortion and compromise with mundane knowledge. But now the Krishna Consciousness Movement without mundane compromises is distributing Bhagavad Gita as it is and people are deriving the benefits of awakening to Krishna consciousness and becoming devotees of Lord Krishna. Therefore, the proper distribution of knowledge has begun by which not only the whole world will benefit but India's glory will be magnified in human society. Rest Krishna consciousness within his house, Bhojendra Gehe, with the result that Kamsa, with all of his opulences, was later vanquished. Similarly, the real knowledge of Bhagavad Gita was being choked by unscrupulous Indian leaders with the result that India's culture and knowledge of the Supreme were being lost. Now, however, because Krishna consciousness is spreading, the proper use of Bhagavad Gita is being attempted. Om Akyan Timidandasya Kyananjana Chalakaya Chakshuru Militam Jena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam 
ತಾಪದಂತಿಕಂ ವಂದೇಹಂ ಶ್ರೀಗುರು ಶ್ರೀಸುಧಾಪದಕಮಲ ಶ್ರೀಗುರೂನ್ ವೈಷ್ಣವಂಶ ಶ್ರೀರೂಪಾಗ್ರಜಾತ ಸಹಕನಾರಘುನಾಥೀವ ಸಾಧ್ವೈಥ ಪರಿಜನಾಸಹಿತೃಷ್ಣಚೈತನ್ಯತೆಶಾಕಾಂಬಿಧಂಶ್ಚೇಕೃಷ್ಣಕರುಣಾಸಿಂಧು ದೀನಾಬಂಧುಜಗತ್ಪತೆ ಕೋಪೇಶಾಕೋಪಿಖಾ ರಾಧಾಖಾಂಡಾ ನಮೋಸ್ತೆ ಥಪ್ತಕಾಂಚನಾ ಗೌರಂಗೀ ರಾಧೇ ಬೃಂದಾವನೇಶ್ವರಿ ವೃಷಭಾನುಸುತೇವಿ ಪ್ರಣಮಿ ಹರಿ ಪ್ರಿಯ ವಂಶಕಲ್ಪತರೂಭ್ಯ ಕೃಪಾಸಿಂಧುಭ್ಯ ಪಥಿ ಭಾವನಿಭ್ಯೋ ವೈಷ್ಣವೇಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ನಮಃ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಪ್ರಭುನಿತ್ಯನಂದ ಶ್ರೀಅದ್ವೈತ ಗದಾಧರ್ ಶ್ರೀವಾಸತಿ ಗೌರಭಕ್ತವೃಂದ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರಿ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರಿ ರಾಮ Today, we are inaugurating the 2015 December Book Marathon. So it was the book distribution, was the book distribution department that chose this particular verse and purport today for quite confidential reasons. <laughs> and the reason we are having this special class is because of how special this event actually is throughout the world we are celebrating the 50th anniversary of Srila Prabhupada departing from Vrindavan and you know where he came after that he came to mumbai 50 years ago he came to bombay where he was literally begging for a passage on a cargo ship to go to the west in 1922 Srila Prabhupada on the first meeting of his Guru Maharaj Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada he was given an instruction to bring the message of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu 
which is the very true essence of Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam to the whole world in the English language. And from that day in Calcutta, Srila Prabhupada accepted that order as his life and soul. And although he was a householder with a wife and child and many responsibilities, in his heart of heart, he was always meditating on how to do this. Eventually, he retired from his family life for this purpose alone. Many people retire because they're just tired. (laughs) I guess that means retired. It means retired means really tired. (laughs) Tired of all this mundane activities. But most people retire to do more mundane activities. To enjoy the benefits of whatever you've earned in the past. Live a more relaxed life. Tour the world. Take vacations. Some people just watch television, whatever they do when they retire. But for Srila Prabhupada, his retiring was actually to begin a whole new life. To actually activate what he was preparing himself his whole life to do. To travel the world with Lord Chaitanya's message. He went to Jhansi and then later he went to Brindavan. He lived at Bamsi Gopal Temple. A little later took sannyas and was given rooms at Radha Damodar Temple. And there he was serving practically day and night in preparation especially in writing his books. Previously, he had established Back to Godhead magazine, and he was personally distributing it, writing for it, editing it, raising the funds to publish it. Lord Chaitanya is the very personification of Srimad Bhagavatam. To bring his message to the world is to bring the message of Srimad Bhagavatam. So Srila Prabhupada there in the Seva Kunj of Vrindavan beside the Samadhi and Bhajan Kutir of Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami, he began translating and writing purports to Srimad Bhagavatam. Considering its twelve cantos, considering the way Srila Prabhupada was translating, it was to be about forty volumes. Never been done before, such a translation with the purports of the Acharyas. 
to begin this when he's in his 60s? Very incredible. And he began the Srimad Bhagavatam with an introduction which was a, a summary of the life of Lord Chaitanya. Because Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, through his life and through the lives of his associates, actually taught us how to live Srimad Bhagavatam. What is the true essence of understanding the Srimad Bhagavatam? And for many years, he struggled so much to publish those books. Just the first canto in three volumes. In those days, in the early 60s in India, <clears throat> it was an incredibly difficult, politically surcharged challenge just to get paper for printing. Not like today. Paper was very regulated. And Srila Prabhupada, every possible obstacle came in his path for every stage of his purpose. But his compassion, his compassion for all beings, the parampara of compassion. In Prayag, 500 years ago, this coming year, Rupa Goswami composed a prayer. Namo Mahabharanyaya Krishna Prem Padayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namani Gauratveshenama That I offer my sincerest obeisances to Lord Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu <coughs> who is the most munificent of all incarnations of the Lord Although he is Krishna himself, he's manifesting even more munificence, mercy, than even Krishna. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna, who comes to taste the sweetness of Sri Radha's love, and with Sri Radha's compassion, as the mother of all living beings. She's come to this world to nourish all of us with something so precious and so rare. He's come, Lord Chaitanya has come to give us the understanding of the love of Sri Vrindavandam, the love of the gopas and gopis. He's come to teach us how to be a part of Sri Radha's love in such a way that he does not consider who is fit or unfit. In the age of Kali, even where people are so disrespectful, so alienated from any true dharma, he's coming to give 
what even the demigods cannot achieve very easily. Even to people like Jagai and Mada, he's giving the love of the Vrindavan residents. So it is this compassion. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared at the time of the Yuga Avatar. Every, every Yuga there is an incarnation who establishes the particular recommended religious principle for that age. Once in a day of Brahma, Krishna himself <coughs> in the mood of the love of Sri Radha appears and the Yuga Avatar and all the other avatars that have ever existed all are within that original form of Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and through the congregational chanting of the holy names he's giving Braj Bhakti unalloyed pure devotional service. Premadan, the highest treasure of ecstatic love. The parampara of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is preserving and distributing that love. There are many spiritual teachers who come with their particular realizations of God or the absolute truth. But the Gaudiya Parampara, Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya, is especially presenting, as it is, in its fullness, what Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come to give the world. When Srila Prabhupada was translating, writing purports to Srimad Bhagavatam at Rupa Goswami Samadhi, he was, he was preparing to bring the full mercy of Lord Chaitanya to the whole world. It was not only that compassion of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu that Srila Prabhupada was teaching, but it was the mercy, the compassion, the love of Lord Chaitanya, Lord Nityananda, the Panchatattva, that Srila Prabhupada was living, that he was personifying. Through his actions, through his words, he was giving to the world. And therefore, Srila Prabhupada never personally took credit for anything he had done. He would always give credit to his Guru Maharaj. He would always give credit to the Parampara, that eternal flow of grace coming from the heart of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So this really is a special year. 
because it is the 500th anniversary of Lord Chaitanya coming to Vrindavan. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu performed his pastimes for 48 years within this world and of them only two months he lived in Vrindavan. Although his whole life internally was manifesting the very essence of Vrindavan. In Krishna's Leela, Srimati Radharani never left Vrindavan except to go to Kurukshetra to be with Krishna, to bring him back to Vrindavan. And she prayed to Krishna in Kurukshetra, as we read in Chaitanya Charitamrita, that actually I know, Krishna, you're really not happy, fully happy anywhere except Vrindavan. So please come back. We, want, we all want to make you happy. But Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he wandered the whole of India, so many places, revealing the love of Vrindavan. 500 years ago, in the month of January, that's coming, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to Prayag. So it is the 500th anniversary of Lord Chaitanya instructing Srila Rupa Goswami. For 10 days on the bank of the Ganga. And after Prayag, he went to Varanasi. It is the 500th anniversary of Lord Chaitanya giving Prema Bhakti to Prakashananda Saraswati and the Mayavadi Sanyasis. It is the 500th anniversary coming of Lord Chaitanya two months instructing Srila Sanatana Goswami. And Lord Chaitanya, as far as we have learned, he only personally wrote the Shikshastakam, the eight prayers that we still have but yet he based his movement on transcendental literature. Those literatures were especially written by Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami. Lord Chaitanya instructed them. He gave them his whole heart with his teachings. 500 years ago, Lord Chaitanya himself said that although Rupa Goswami is so learned, he was coming from such wealth, from such aristocracy, he had such power and influence, he always felt himself lower than the straw in the street. Such worldly opulence yet such so genuinely humble he was truly and 
And therefore, Lord Chaitanya told his devotees in Puri, when I saw his qualities, I embraced Rupa Goswami. And I empowered him to fully understand the very internal love and compassion of my heart. I fully empowered him to understand these message, the message of pure Krishna consciousness <coughs> and to distribute it with a full awareness of my own love and compassion for all beings. And similar with Sanatana Goswami. So the great heritage and history of the books of the Gaudiya Parampara taking the essence of the message of Lord Chaitanya which was all based around the Srimad Bhagavatam expanding and expounding the message of Srimad Bhagavatam It is 500th anniversary. And 50th anniversary where Srila Prabhupada, after completing the first volume and the life summary of Lord Chaitanya, <coughs> he departed from Vrindavan and came to Mumbai. He spent a lot of time around here. In fact, there's a bookstore just close to here near Grant Road where Srila Prabhupada got his only real contact in America outside of Butler, Pennsylvania in New York City. So he was distributing his Srimad Bhagavatams right here. He lived in this area for some time. And in Juhu, he would go to Sumati Mararji and somehow he convinced her to give him a free passage on the MV Jaladuta. So 50 years ago this year, he went on a mail train. That means the slowest of all trains and the cheapest of all trains to Calcutta. 50 years ago, he went to Sri Mayapur Dham to Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada's Samadhi Mandir to pray for blessings to carry out this service and 50 years ago he boarded the Chalatuta 38 days across several oceans seas, continents he came to America and he explained how he really didn't know whether he should turn right or left when he came off the Jaladuta. It wasn't like a luxury liner. It was a cargo ship. So the docks of cargo ships are really dirty places. It's just places for giant loads of supplies. Passengers just don't go on cargo ships. 
So in Boston, he came off for a few minutes or for a half of day and then New York. And he said, all I had was my faith in my Guru's order, my faith in the holy names of Krishna, and my knowing that I had boxes of Srimad Bhagavatam. After preparing himself and studying what American psychology and lifestyle was from Sally Agarwal in Butler, Pennsylvania, he came to New York City. And he had no money. He came with 40 rupees, but it was impossible to exchange a rupee outside of India in 1965. He had nothing. His only way of surviving was to sell some of his books. (laughs) And with, you know, he, he would go to bookstores in New York, he would go to Asian society in New York, he would go to people. He sold a copy to the captain of the Jaladuta, so he had a few dollars. In his diary, he writes how I bought like two potatoes for 12 cents. <laughs> he was very meticulous. <laughs> when you have so little, everything is very important. And as we were explaining in Vrindavan, he was writing to some of his godbrothers, please help, there's good scope. But nobody thought it was possible. So nobody could help him. So in this way, Srila Prabhupada, 50 years ago, he established this worldwide society, the age of 70 all alone. But wherever he was, whether he was in Vrindavan, whether he was in the Bowery, whether he was at Dr. Mishra's little room that he was given, most of his time he was simply doing his translations. And he especially wanted Bhagavad Gita to be presented as it is to the world. Because Srila Prabhupada, he had his Srimad Bhagavatams, but Bhagavad Gita is the summary of everything within Vedas. Such an important scripture that Lord Chaitanya and Sripad Balavachari and Ramanujachari and Madhvachari, everybody, even Shankaracharya, they gave great emphasis on Bhagavad Gita. <clears throat> People wanted to learn Bhagavad Gita. But the translations and commentaries that Prabhupada was seeing in English were not teaching pure devotional service. And there's a beautiful story. Srila Prabhupada worked so hard. He was just sitting in his room for hours and hours and hours and days and months. He was meeting people. He was networking 
but so often he was just writing his translations and purports for Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita. A little manual typewriter later that was stolen. But he never gave up. And when the manuscript from Bhagavad Gita was complete, he gave to Brahmananda Prabhu, who just passed away earlier this year, and told him, asked him, please try to get this published. Brahmananda Prabhu went to all the different publishing houses, and they all gave the exact same answer. We have no need for this. There's no money to be made by a Bhagavad Gita from an unknown Swami. So he was quite discouraged. Everyone rejected him. They didn't even consider it. But Srila Prabhupada told him to keep trying. And he kept trying. And meanwhile, Srila Prabhupada got ill and came back to India and went to Vrindavan. And he was getting messages from Brahmananda Prabhu that nobody wants. And Srila Prabhupada says, well, if nobody wants in America, then maybe we should just somehow try to get it printed in India. But Brahmananda Prabhu was seeing Prabhupada's sacrifice and seeing Prabhupada, nothing was impossible. He was in that spirit of Srila Prabhupada. When Prabhupada, when, when there was no sign of any help or any opportunities, Srila Prabhupada always, out of his deep compassion and faith and love, he kept, he kept pursuing his Guru's mission. So that spirit filled the hearts of the people who loved him and who were close to him. Brahmananda Prabhu, Srila Prabhupada, let me keep trying. But he didn't know what to do. And then one day, he got a letter. A letter came to 26 Second Avenue from one of the largest publishing houses in America, Macmillan. And it said, Srila Prabhupada, somebody was attracted to his singing and helped him make a record album. I don't know if you people know what a record album is. It's a vinyl record album that you put on a record player and put a needle on it and it plays. And it was Prabhupada singing the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra and giving an explanation of the meaning of the mantra. And he sings Brahma Samhita and other songs. And on the back of the album, there was, you know, 26 Second Avenue, you can correspond. So Macmillan's address was on this envelope and said, I want to order one of these record albums. So Brahmananda Prabhu, maybe this is Macmillan Publishing, they want a record album. They don't want a manuscript, they just want a record album, but maybe I could meet maybe the person who wants the record album I could give him the manuscript so he talked to he, he talked to Srila Prabhupada and said you know Macmillan publishers are very big and they're very successful and they want a record album and Srila Prabhupada said they will they will publish the book 
Prabhu is so positive. So Brahmananda Prabhu goes to Macmillan and the person who asked for the record album was the lowest level clerk who had nothing to do with any decisions of Macmillan. He had nothing to do really with the publishing. He was just a clerk. And he said, you know, I, I live somewhere else, but I knew this was a convenient address, and I just work here as a clerk. I have nothing to say about anything, but, you know, please, I just wanted you to deliver the record album. So Brahmananda Prabhu understood there's no use trying to give him the manuscript. And he was really disappointed. Clerk. (laughs) (laughs) Prabhupada said, yes, they will publish it. Now what am I going to say to Prabhupada? Just a clerk wants a record. (laughs) And as he was like that, somebody else happened to come in. And the clerk said, oh, this person, he, he happens to be the senior editor for Macmillan. And Brahmananda Prabhu said, and the, the person looked at the record, and Brahmananda Prabhu said, actually, this record is made by a Swami, and he wrote a translation with a commentary of Bhagavad Gita, <clears throat> and I'm a student of, directly of that Swami, and he has come to give me this manuscript to give to you to consider publishing it and the person said just today I had a meeting with my editorial board and we're doing a series on religious books from various religions and we were saying we don't have a good translation of Bhagavad Gita He took the manuscript and he said, actually, I don't, he said, even before even looking at the manuscript, he said, we will publish it. (laughs) So it was published. Very small little purple book, Bhagavad Gita as it is. And it sold so nicely. Record breaking. But they condensed it. So Srila Prabhupada convinced Macmillan Company to do the full commentary, which was about three times bigger at least. And they did. And it broke, broke every record of distribution of Bhagavad Gita in the history of the world practically. Srila Prabhupada, he considered these books... He's, as we know, he said his commentaries, his purports, were his devotional ecstasies. And just last year, I was at the Bhakti Center in New York City. Shutakirti Prabhu was there, who was Srila Prabhupada's personal servant, at the same time that Sh- Shamasunda Prabhu was Prabhupada's personal secretary. <coughs> And he was telling stories about how Srila Prabhupada would love to have the devotees read his books to him. In Los Angeles, in his garden, they would read Krishna book to him. They would read other books to him. 
And oftentimes, Shruti Kirti Prabhu would come in his room and Prabhupada would be sitting there reading Bhagavad Gita as it is. And usually authors don't read their own books because, you know, they already know what's in them. And, <laughs> and most authors are kind of like, why did I say that? <laughs> but Srila Prabhupada, when he would be sitting reading his book, he would look at Shruti Kirti Prabhu and say, I did not write these books. Krishna has personally written them. He was not reading, in his mind, he was not reading his books. He was reading the words of Krishna directly, personally. And we find the same principle in our Vaishnav literatures. Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami, he writes in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. He began writing this great book by the order of the Vaishnavas. And by the mercy and blessings of Madan Mohan and Rupa Goswami and Raghunathas Goswami, he started writing when he was in his 90s. And he said, I'm practically blind. My body's shaking from old age and invalidity. And he was like that when he was starting Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. And there were no word processors or even dictaphones in those days. He was just he's, he was writing with his own hands. He wasn't dictating. He was writing on palm leaves and and tree barks. And he said, "How am I doing this?" He explained, "I'm not doing this. This is Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda writing through me." And that was Srila Prabhupada's mood. He would study the commentaries of the great Acharyas and in his prayer and his love and in his devotion to his Guru Maharaj. Krishna wrote through him. Lord Chaitanya's message came through for the whole world. And hundreds and millions of those books were distributed. But it was very important to Srila Prabhupada and in this purport today, this beautiful story is being used as an analogy. Devaki and Vasudev, they were chosen by the Supreme Personality of Godhead to be his mother and father. In the most incredibly exciting, adventurous, scary ways. Shamsundar Prabhu was explaining yesterday how much excitement Krishna manifests around his pastimes in this world. How did Devaki and Vasudev first find out that Krishna is going to be their son? They're on their marriage day. And Devaki's cousin brother, Kamsa, is so affectionate in his own egoistic way to his sister. Material affection is just a thin layer of 
of what we call love. But as long as there's selfishness and ignorance of the nature of the soul and the nature of God, you know, the love of this world, different degrees of veneers, of just little layers, doesn't go very deep. So he was really emotional. My sister's getting married. This is so nice. I want to make her happy. I will drive. I will personally drive home. Now, he was like a crown prince, Kamsa. For him to personally drive them home to Vasudev's you know, residence, it's really an offering of love. But then the announcement came. Kamsa, you are a fool. The eighth son of Devaki, the eighth child of Devaki will kill you. So that's how they found out. And Kamsa was so angry, he grabbed her by the hair, he drew his sword, and he was about to cut off the head of his sister. He would have done it. But Vasudeva was trying to stop him somehow or other. He was speaking philosophy. He was speaking logic. He was speaking um, moral principles. He was speaking, you know, what's just basically best for his, for his well-being. But Kamsa could not hear anything because his ego was so great. And he was afraid. He was so powerful. Just see, Kamsa, each one of his arms had the strength of 10,000 elephants. And these are Dwapar Yuga elephants. (laughs) But when he heard that he was going to die, he was so afraid. He was going to kill his own sister. And finally, Vasudev made some negotiation with him. Because where philosophy and logic don't work sometimes. You have nothing to fear from your sister. It's your sons. And I promise to you, every son that is born, I will give to you. Kamsa understood, for someone like Vasudev, there is no possibility that he will ever break his word. Even though Kamsa was such a liar and such a cheater and such a killer, he had faith in the words of Vasudev. Because he knew Vasudev had a pure heart. So eventually... The first child was killed by Kamsa. <laughs> and then they put, by the instigation of Narada Muni, and he put Vasudev and Devaki in prison. And six daughters were killed in the, I mean six sons, six sons were killed in the prison. But yet... Vasudev and Devaki kept having children because they understood this is the will of the Lord. The Lord is going to come through us. And Balaram, Lord Nityananda Prabhu, he appeared within Devaki's womb and by 
um, the arrangement of yoga maya, he was transferred to his original mother in the spiritual world, Rohini Devi's womb. And then Krishna came. And it is described here that Krishna is in the heart, in the womb of Devaki. And Devaki is in a prison house with shackles on her body, behind bars, with solid stone walls, with ferocious guards constantly surrounding them. This is the way Krishna is going to be born in the world. He didn't make it easy for Devaki and Basudev. Sometimes mothers in this world, they have a lot of labor pains and everything like that. Devaki didn't have any labor pains. It was a very smooth birth. All of a sudden, the child inside her womb just appeared to her in the air outside as forearm Vishnu. There was no gynecology necessary. He just appeared. But in other ways, what was her pains? To give birth to Krishna, she was in a prison house for years and years and years. And now Krishna is effulgent within her womb. But surrounded by the stone walls of a prison, demoniac guards, under the captivity of Kamsa, the greatest of the demons. And the example is given of knowledge that is not distributed. And Srila Prabhupada, in the spirit of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, India, in the Bhagavad Gita as it is, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, in these great literatures, is giving to the whole world the deepest, most profound message. And Lord Chaitanya's message is for everyone to lead the way to the highest liberation. And to suppress this knowledge, to have this knowledge and not distribute it, it's like in complete darkness for a lamp, a beautiful flame that gives light to keep it covered by a pot. That means the light of the flame could illuminate all directions, but when it's under a pot, Everything is just complete darkness. For a person who has knowledge but doesn't distribute it, when the world is in darkness, Paradukha Dukhi, Srila Prabhupada's motive was very pure. Our suffering was his suffering. 
our happiness is his happiness. This is the mission of all the great souls in Parampara. This is Krishna's mission. When Srila Prabhupada was in New York City, there were people who were so well-dressed. New York City at that time was by far the wealthiest city on planet Earth. Prabhupada would go down the most um, elegant, wealthy street of New York, Fifth Avenue. Just a simple flat cost millions and millions of dollars. What to speak of now, tens of millions of dollars. And big, beautiful cars. In those days in India, 1965, what kind of cars were in India? There were practically no cars. When I came in 1970, there was just some ambassadors and fiats. And I remember, you know, I never got to ride in them because I never had any money. But when I would look at them, I would think, ox cars are much better. (laughs) (laughs) And here's limousines and big, beautiful, spacious cars going down the streets and elegant buildings and skyscrapers. People dressed so nicely with jewelry and jewelry stores. And Prabhupada just had little white plastic shoes. And he was wearing the robes of a sannyasi, just, just little saffron cloth. <laughs> he was living in a room without even any windows, without an adjacent bathroom. And it was just kind of given to him in charity for just for some time. He had nothing. But he wasn't thinking, I want what these people have. He was crying with compassion for these people. They don't have Krishna. They have all this money and they have all this beauty and they have all this fame and they all have all this academic knowledge and they have all this sense gratification like unimaginable to people of India at that time. Now it's imaginable. (laughs) India has changed a lot. But he was thinking without Krishna, what is it? Kamala Dala Jala Jivanathalamala. All the happiness of this world, all the wealth, all the power, all the pleasures, all the relationships are nothing more significant than a drop of water on a lotus leaf. At any moment, it's going to slip away and be gone forever. But yet people in this in this rare human form of life, they extend all their energy, everything, just to try to accumulate some of these fleeting little drops of water. 
we're thinking, my bank balance now, I'm so wealthy and I have such a nice house and I have such a good education and I have such a future and I have such a family and I have such a beautiful wife or handsome husband and, and so many things like that. And all the, all the different ways we enjoy through entertainment and through, and through acquisitions. But actually, they're no more significant than a drop of water on a lotus leaf. Because they're going to be gone in a moment. 100% they will be gone in a moment. As we get older, we realize how quick, how fast these moments actually go. We lose it in this life, or we lose it at death. The inevitable. And even when we have it, there's so many anxieties and so many frustrations and nothing really gives us real fulfillment. Prabhupada had ecstatic love of Krishna in his heart. And he saw the emptiness, the shallowness, the futility of material life, even in its culmination of glamour. He didn't want what they had. He wanted to give. And that's why he was writing these books. This knowledge is so important. Kali means darkness. This is Kali Yuga. (coughs) The age of darkness. And Krishna explains, and in Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita, it compares to the knowledge as light that illuminates. The light of this knowledge illuminates the world. And the greatest blessing we all have is we can participate in helping to distribute this light through the way we live, through the choices we make, through really connecting to Krishna by deeply, attentively taking shelter of Krishna's holy names. very special ways that Srila Prabhupada personally requested each of us to help him spread this light is through distribution of his books. And our book distributor people, they have so many stories, devotees all over the world and devotees here, about how people have been completely transformed by connecting with Lord Chaitanya, Rupa Goswami, Prabhupada's mercy when they receive this knowledge. When we give these books, we're giving Srila Prabhupada to them. We're not just giving some paper bound with cardboard. We're giving, we're directly, personally giving them the Vani of Srila Prabhupada. And the book is like the Vapu. And the sound is the Vani. 
We're not only we're giving Srila Prabhupada, we're giving Srila Prabhupada's heart, his compassion, his love. And we're giving Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Rupa Goswami, and all of our previous acharyas mercy. Today is the disappearance day of Srila Gorkishwar Das Babaji Maharaj. He lived in Vrindavan for about 30 years, just living under trees and wandering about, completely absorbed in the highest ecstasies of of Sri Radha's love and separation. What Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave to give the world, Gorkishore Das Babaji Maharaj personified. Namo Gorakishoraya Sakshadvaidhaki Murthiye Vipula Ramba Rasambote Padambhojayate Nama. He was personification of renunciation. He lived like the six Goswamis. He would go to crematoriums where bodies were burnt and the cloth of the dead bodies. He would take that cloth from the dead corpses and wash it. And that's the only thing he would wear. He would sleep on the ground or sleep under trees. He was a personification of renunciation. But he was always absorbed in the mood of the servant of the servant of Sri Radharani, engrossed in the feelings of separation from Krishna. And he lived in such a way. Jagannathas Babaji Maharaj, after Bhaktivinoda Thakur discovered Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's birthplace, at the yoga pit in Sri Mayapur Dham, Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj instructed Gorkishore Das Babaji to come to Navadweep. And he came there and lived the rest of his life. He's, he would live under a little place, kind of like an upside down little thing that are on old fishing boats. And people would go around there and pass stool and urine on the banks of the Ganga. And he would just do his bhajan. And there are many stories. In those days, so many people would come to sadhus because they want something material. So he would stay in places that were quite abominable so that materialistic people would not bother him. But there is a particular story where one man, he came, he really wanted some material blessings from Gorka Shordas Babaji. So he actually went to that area under that little kind of boat that Gorka Shordas Babaji was sitting there and doing his bhajan, chanting the holy names and praying and calling out names and prayers for Radharani and Krishna and this devotee or this person this business person he said Babaji Maharaj give me your blessings and Gorka Shordas Babaji Maharaj could see the heart 
of everyone. So he saw this person had material motives. He said, I don't give blessings. I don't give material blessings. Get out from here. He said, no, no, I don't want material. Just give me your blessings. He said, get out from here. I don't want to give material blessings. He said, Babaji Maharaj, no, I'm here. I'm very devoted to you. I want your blessings. He said, okay. My blessing is you stay here with me for the rest of your life. <laughs> and you chant Harinam. The person ran away. <laughs> and never ever came back for blessings. So he was very strict. And at one time, there was a wealthy person who was a very good devotee, and he, he couldn't tolerate seeing Gorkashur and Das Babaji Maharaj living in such a secluded place. His nature, he was living, you know, this, this kind of boat structure that he was living under, it was open on all four sides. It was just like a little, really dilapidated little roof over him turned over boat kind of and in winter it was very cold so someone gave him a blanket then the next day the person came to see if he was warmer with the blanket and he wasn't wearing the blanket at the coldest time of the day the person was thinking where's the blanket and then he saw Srila Gorka Shoras Babaji Maharaj just hung the blanket from the, uh, the, uh, the, bo- the boat he, what is that doing he said why is it there Gorkashoras Babaji Maharaj said when I look at it I become warm he's <laughs> <laughs> very renounced people would give him some rice he wouldn't he would just take the rice and soak it in Ganji's water, sometimes Ganji's mud, and eat that. Soak the rice in Ganji's mud, eat it with some chilies. That's all. If people tried to give him better food, he would, no, 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 not like that. He had a little iron begging pot, and he would wear it on top of his head when he would walk around. People didn't know what to think of him. We can't imitate him. But Bhaktivinoda Thakur considered him one of the greatest, purest saints. Because Bhaktivinoda Thakur could see his heart. And when Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur heard him singing beautiful songs about Raghunath Goswami, his ecstatic love was so deeply moved by that. With the blessings of Thakur Bhakti Vinod, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakuras, was requested Gorkashordas Babaji initiation. Gorkashordas Babaji Maharaj never initiated anybody in his life and he never had any desire to do so. He said to Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, you are the greatest scholar in the world 
and I'm practically illiterate. You are so influential from such a family, and I'm just living in this, um, in these different places. At one time, they wanted to give him a place in a dharamshala. And he said, if I go there, materialistic people will come and bother me. But just to please the person who wanted to give him a place in the dharamshala, he agreed to go into the latrine and live there. Hare Krishna. That was his renunciation. So Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur and Bhakti Vinod Thakur really wished this initiation to take place, but he refused. When Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur Prabhupada was crying, he said, let me ask Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And a few days later, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur came and he said, did you ask Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? He said, I... Gorkishwar Das Babaji Maharaj said, I saw him, but I forgot to ask him. <laughs> and eventually, like Narutam Das Thakur and Lokanath Goswami, seeing the depth of his sincerity and his surrender, he gave him initiation. And even though Jagan Gorkishwar Das Babaji was living such a reclusive, renounced life, that was so difficult to understand to the rest of the world, the instruction he gave Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was to spread Lord Chaitanya's teachings throughout the world. And Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he established temples and following his father, Bhaktivinoda Thakur's way of preaching, he established printing presses. He called the printing press the big murdanga, the brihat murdanga. Because you can have kirtan and do, and within the temple or maybe within a block away, people could hear the kirtan. But with the books, the sound of Krishna's message can go throughout the whole world. Bhaktivinoda Thakur sent books to London, to Europe, to America. Message of Lord Chaitanya. So this was very much the heritage that they have given us. And Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was printing and distributing so many various different literatures. And when Srila Prabhupada had that historical meeting with him at Radha Kund, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada told our Prabhupada that if you ever get funds, print and distribute books. That is the message that has come down from the time of the six Goswamis. Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, Jiva Goswami, Raghunath Das Goswami, Gopal Bhatta Goswami, they wrote books. 
And those books were given to Srinivasacharya, Narottam Das Thakur, and Shamananda to have them copied and distributed. And there's so many such beautiful stories describing the challenges that they endured in doing so. So Srila Prabhupada, that instruction he received at Radha Kund was so much the flow of mercy coming through our parampara. And Srila Prabhupada shared that same instruction with us and gave us the opportunity to be a part. So this year, being the 500th anniversary of Lord Chaitanya's teachings to Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, the 50th anniversary of Prabhupada coming with his Srimad Bhagavatamis on the cargo ship to America. It's a very special, um, all over India, devotees are very enthusiastic to participate in this wonderful pastime. At Radha Gopinath Temple, we have, everyone is so enthusiastic and so pure-hearted, at least in my eyes. Mm-hmm. On behalf of Srila Prabhupada, our Parampara, I invite you to enthusiastically participate during this special month. And Baladev Prabhu, is there anything else you want me to say? <laughs> he gave me a list of what to say, but I forgot what was on the list. <laughs> so I didn't say anything on his list, but I spoke from my from my from my heart to all of you. And it's a beautiful inauguration and Lord Chaitanya came to flood the world with Krishna Prem. And this is a special way that we have an opportunity to to participate in flooding the world with Krishna Prem. Thank you very much. like to speak something? Karanga Prabhu, he is asking you to speak something. Actually, it was Gaurampu's idea that we should increase our score because Gaurampu is... Speak louder and clearer because we cannot understand what you say. Maharaj, we are very thankful to you that you gave your valuable time to speak on Book Distribution Marathon. And uh, we are all inspired to do something this particular December month. And uh, we will keep you updated about the scores when you come back again. Hare Krishna. One of the beautiful opportunities there is in such 
services that Srila Prabhupada and our Acharyas have given us <coughs> is to do it really well requires great unity among us. And when we, are, when we feel a necessity to be united for a higher purpose, that's when our community really grows deeper in bhakti. And I, I really see it in that way, that these are the most blessed opportunities to really unify all of us. We all have our ideas and we all have our egos to some extent. We all have our differences. We all have our natures. But to unite on a higher principle. And through Harikata, Harikirtan, you know, we, we learn to philosophically in many ways what it we understand the philosophical concept of uniting according to higher principles. But such efforts like this are really practical ways where there's an absolute necessity for us to unite on higher principles to do it right. And the more we're united to please Srila Prabhupada, to please Sri Sri Radha Gopinath, the more individually and collectively we receive divine grace and we grow. We grow in true bhakti. This unity which takes a lot of humility, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of tolerance, a lot of sincerity. Any fool can fight I'm better than you. But when Vaishnavas unite on a higher principle, that means they're sincere. That means they really want to please their gurus. Otherwise, fighting means they just want to please themselves. Because the guru, the gurus, they understand this type of conflict is the worst enemy to the spread of bhakti. So this is a beautiful opportunity for everyone to really be united for a really higher cause. And part of that unity is whoever does what, however big, however small, we really appreciate. Whether it's the little squirrel or spider or Hanuman. Hanuman appreciated the spider and the spider also appreciated Hanuman. Hanuman was not arrogant, thinking, I'm doing better than you. And the spider wasn't envious. They, I can't tolerate you're doing so much and I'm doing so little. The spider was absolutely thrilled that Hanuman's doing so much for Ram. And Hanuman was thinking, he was absolutely thrilled that the spider was doing as much as him in Ram's eyes because he was trying his best. So real unity is when we really are well-wishers of each other and we really are, our happiness is seeing others making advancement, seeing others pleasing our guru, seeing others participating 
and making a, a sincere contribution. When we appreciate each other, and competition is just to help others to become more enlivened, to do more. It's not to stomp on people's heads and do better. So this type of unity brings about real Vaishnav relationships. And Srila Prabhupada gave us challenges that unless we're really united, we can't do it very well. And those challenges are great blessings because they give a sense of necessity to focus on the importance of serving together, appreciating one another. Thank you very much. We will have a few minutes, Kirtan. And then we'll have our Sunday feast program. <laughs> <laughs>